millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Caravan of Garbage, where we're on a bit of a bloody... I'll say that again. Where we're on a bit of a bloody Bondathon, aren't we, Mason? You better believe it. It's a Bond Bonanza. Bond Nanza? Bond Nanza, correct. There we go. That was my favourite show growing up, Bond Nanza. Explain the premise of Bond Nanza, please. They live on a ranch. Uh-huh. Who's they? Bond and his family. Okay, sure. So his parents? <laughs> yep. This is a, it's a prequel. Okay, great. And they raise cattle. They do a lot of skiing. Mm-hmm. They strangle the white staff every now and then. <laughs> Terrific. You know? Kincaid is there? Kincaid is there. Well, we'll talk about him later, I think. We definitely and will. What a massive waste he is. <laughs> no, I like him. Okay. First of all, leave a like if you could. Uh, we're, of course, up to Skyfall. Mm-hmm. A movie which is the biggest Bond movie of all time. I quite enjoy it as like a dumb, fun, amazing looking Roger Deacon spectacle. But you're like, hmm, I don't know about all of that. Is that That's right? That's exactly what I said. <laughs> you, when we first watched it in cinemas, you said the thing that you said that I've already forgotten, yep. and I said that thing, which was, hmm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think a lot of for a lot of people the, of the modern Bond movies, Skyfall is a lot of people's favourites. Yeah. And I think maybe it's because it it sort of brought back in a lot of the kind of stylistic tropes of Bond. True. Like, it gave him back his classic Aston Martin with all with the gadgets in it, mm-hmm. and it gave him back his little wall for PPK, Pew. and it gave... It, it, I think it feels more like... Quippy and kind of like he's there's more there's more kind of lines given to the Bond girls like you know like pick up lines and stuff like that like, so it feels more like a you know like a classic Connery Roger Moore kind of Bond yeah yeah absolutely so I don't think it's that great yeah no I can understand that I think it's stylish certainly yeah and I I like that everybody involved mm. uh, which we'll get to but I just uh, I'll save my opinion till the end I think James just till the very end very so you're just going to be silent until then yep. <laughs> You do your thing and then I'll be like, it's bad. It's bad, I reckon. <laughs> Actually, I didn't like it. Uh, so, first of all, I think it's got a terrific opening. I guess the one complaint is that doesn't look like he's riding that bike at all. <laughs> Which sure. is fine. Whatever. Which it's- is odd because in a lot of instances, somebody is riding the somebody bike. Somebody must there be. There is definitely some real, you know, some real, you know, bike stunt riders riding across those narrow rooftops and Just stuff like that. Just a real rat a across the tiles. But you know? whenever it cuts to Bond... Yeah, he's 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 in Pinewood Studios. Yeah, which is where he was born to be. <laughs> That's right. 
and born to run or ride in this case. Mm-hmm. But I think the whole thing, the best thing a James Bond opening sequence can do is kind of escalate and go from like set piece to set piece. You're strangling a man in a sink. Yep. You're strangling a man in a bathtub. <laughs> You're strangling a man in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. <laughs> exactly. And just little moments like when he jumps across the train and he like adjusts the cuffs. He I takes the that. time to. I hated be- it. He takes the time, Mason. To I go- know it's supposed to be. He takes the time, Mason. It's for us, the audience. I, Roger Moore would do that. I don't think Daniel Craig would do that. Can we take a moment in this <laughs> yeah. to discuss finally putting to rest the idea that James Bond is a code name? Yeah, and it's, uh, it, it, and it, and it's and it's different men who are taking on the code name of James Bond. Let's do it right, right now. Yeah, sure. Well, you see, his, you see his parents' gravestones. Yeah, in this movie. So the 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 ongoing uh, internet theory, of course, mm. is that uh, uh, James Bond is not actually the the man we see on screen's birth name. Uh, but it's a code name you take on when you become 007, which is why they often look different and act different. Often. Often, every time, yeah. in fact. <laughs> but obviously this is this is definitively put to bed yeah. uh, in this because we go to Skyfall, the ancestral home of the Bonds, and we see their gravestones. And unless he's, like, real sad about somebody else's parents. Could be a coincidence. Could be a coincidence. Just, just to be clear, it has also previously been put to bed because uh, George Lazenby Bond gets married to Tracy. Yeah. And then uh, Roger Moore, James Bond, goes to Tracy's grave at the start of For Your Eyes Only. It so. would be weird if he visited the, the, <laughs> the grave of a guy who presumably died and he replaced. I mean, maybe we're <laughs> no, thinking it. Maybe there's wife. a clause in their contract. You have to visit the previous guy's wife and parents' graves. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I want to talk more about how the other Bonds might have been involved in this towards the end. But uh, one thing I also don't like about this movie mm-hmm. is how they just demote Money Penny, And it seems to be just in service of she works on a desk. She works on a desk in other movies, so mm-hmm. that's where we're going to put her. You know, I just think it's kind of like... They show her as being more than capable. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's just at the end, it's just like, nah, it's what she does. You know what I mean? She gets a little bit of a shootout and a bit of an action sequence every yeah, now and then. Yeah, but again, I think perhaps those elements that you don't like there are what other people did like. They're like, we're, Absolutely. Put, we're putting all the classic pieces back in. We're giving, you know, a money penny at the desk and we're giving you a, you know, a, a strong stoic M yep. who wears a, wears a nice pinstripe suit and sits hmm. behind a desk and it's like, Bond? Here's a mission, Bond. And he goes, fine. Do I get to strangle anyone? Yes. Great. Let's go. Let's do it. I also think that it wasn't Money Penny's fault. It was demanded that she take the shot. Yeah. Bond could have pivoted so he wasn't facing, you know. He, he could have pivoted to a different career. That's right. He could have pivoted to YouTube. <laughs> but he didn't. What up, dogs? It's your boy, JD. JB, I mean. The D is short for dynamite. <laughs> but, yeah, you're absolutely right. Money Penny was commanded to take the shot. Mm. Not her fault. She's a bad shot. <laughs> I guess right? so. Why'd they put her out in the field? Oh, he's not great, is he? Well, he'd, that, let it go, he'd let it get to that point. Yeah, yeah. You know? And also a great point. There's a moment in this movie mm. where it's revealed to Bond, while he thinks he's capable of going out into the field, he failed all his tests. Yeah. And you watch the montage of him failing the test and you're like, did you think you passed any of those? <laughs> did, do you? Really? You had to walk up to that target and like... <laughs> Imagine you, had having- to sh- you had to shoot it like... From a foot away, and you still missed. Imagine, come, on, Im- come on. Imagine having that much confidence in yourself. Just be like, yeah, I nailed that, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon I nailed that. Uh, what do you think of the song Skyfall? It, it's it's been out in the in the zeitgeist for so long now. It's kind of it feels <laughs> it feels old and worn. It feels but, so it feels so long since we've had a Bond movie. It, I went, gosh, remember when Adele was a thing? Yeah. She's still God. a thing. She's still a thing. Yeah. But I just I think it's a great song. I think it's it does like a lot of things you mentioned. 
it's a callback. You know what I mean? It does feel like your, your Bond songs of old. Mm-hmm. Whereas the last song in Quantum, they tried to kind of replicate what they did in Casino Royale and it didn't quite make a man, the man, the man, the trick and the something and the what, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Theme song to Bond Nanza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Of course you would know that. But here's something I do enjoy. I enjoy his idea of retirement, which is just being in incredible shape despite mm, sure. not being able to do anything anymore, I guess. And it's just pills and scorpion drinking games, you know? Yeah. Weird. Weird thing to do. Especially for, you know, a, 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 a stoic British man. Yeah. You know? But, you know, I'm into it. Just be, it, Like, I, I think also he's so messed up that he doesn't really know what to do. Like, if he has spare time, <laughs> he's like, I don't really video game and I guess I could vlog. Sure, I yeah. I could get a, um, what's the thing you like? thing a cabinet an arcade cabinet yeah i can get an arcade cabinet <laughs> i could get a what's the one what's the one you wanted retro pie no the one with the wheel oh i didn't order it yeah but what what could you have gotten what was it called what's it called it's like, it's like an arcade cabinet what's it called though <laughs> driving cabinet driving no, the thing what's the game the Sega game that everybody loves daytona usa daytona usa <laughs> you could have got, got daytona usa all of that's going in the extended <laughs> <laughs> Both of us going, what? What? What do you mean? Uh, Except it's called Aston Martin, lovely ride around the countryside. (laughs) So we get also the return in uh, in a big way, though we have seen glimpses of it in these movies before, the modern ones, uh, of MI6. And I like it for two reasons. For one, they reintroduce, you know, Q and gadgets, sort of, I guess. It's a a gun and a radio or whatever. But it also highlights how wildly incompetent mi6 is which also might be accurate to real life because there's a moment they're just like oh we found this computer what should we do with it just plug it in everything let's see what happens <laughs> wait a minute this is a map and a virus oh no <laughs> we thought it was just a map so we gave it to all our friends <laughs> i put it on all your computers but i remember you showing me this incredible article about that the real life uh spy agencies of england yeah and they might not be they would. Might, they might have spent the last hundred years just just chasing ghosts they invented, just to justify their own budgets. Can you imagine a government agency doing that? I can't imagine such a thing, Mason. Mm. But I do have. I do like. Obviously, the um, the the plot of this movie revolves around Silver. Oh, your favorite. Uh, and he wants to get revenge against uh, M for abandoning abandoning him all those years ago in Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, so I have his plan here. I've broken it down into about. 20-odd easy steps. So what? this is his plan. Okay. That has to... Do yeah. I need to be taking notes? I mean, I already have notes here, but if you could also take notes. Okay, excellent. Okay, so his plan is, for, for people who haven't seen this movie, his plan is he wants to get revenge on M. Mm-hmm. So he hires an assassin to steal a list of NATO agents. Yes. Uh, he gets this assassin to shoot Bond but not kill him using a bullet specifically that would identify the assassin because only three assassins in the world use these bullets. Great signature. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, but like... It's three, so they could have picked a different one. But Bond did see him. See him with with his. I mean, he fought very close. He was on the on the. He was the only guy also on the top of the train. Good point. So Silver would have to assume there is enough bullet fragments remaining in Bond mm-hmm. uh, that he could take them out, put them through analysis, uh, and enable Bond to track him to Shanghai. Yes. Silver has to not pay the assassin with money, but with a casino chip that he'll keep in his briefcase, knowing that Bond is still fit enough to kill the assassin and find the chip. Bond will go to the casino, be confronted by thugs that have been told to kill him, but Silver knows aren't quite enough 
aren't quite good enough to do so while receiving a clue to his next destination, which is Silver's boat. Yep. He has to get on the boat. The boat goes to Silver's island. He has to hand Bond a gun and know that Bond won't immediately kill him with it, but will kill everybody else and lead MI6 to the island. He, he needs to get captured and brought into MI6 headquarters, which is now in the subway because he previously hacked the MI6 mainframe and blew up the previous headquarters and knew that their protocols was to, to take the headquarters into the subway. I love that subway headquarters. I love the Look, sorry, it looks great. He knows that MI6 will attempt to access his computer while it's connected to the network and unlock all the doors in MI6 headquarters, enabling him to escape into the subway. Uh, his plan is to then put on a police uniform, run from Bond, who doesn't shoot him despite a number of opportunities to do so. He then plans to meet up with a couple of his buddies, also wearing police uniforms, walk into a parliamentary inquiry that M is attending, and then just sort of fire indiscriminately for a bit and then run away. <laughs> That was his plan. He's had years for this. It's, that's the plan, is it? Yeah. It, look, he's, he's, he's obviously... Because he could have just skipped all the other stuff. Yeah. He could have just just waited for M to be in the street and shoot her. Yeah. I know he wants, I know he wants delicious revenge. Oh, I love delicious revenge. But most of this, irrelevant. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. But the reason right. all this is in here... Why? Is because in the Dark Knight, <laughs> 2008... The Joker had a similar plan, including getting captured, and that was all part of his plan. And they just went pretty good. Let's get a let's have a like a an oddly dressed, facially scarred man yep. who's 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 mentally damaged and and he wants revenge because of a, a you know a, a, a system that's a failed system him. that's failed him exactly yeah. yeah. And they're like, let's just do that because we're the Bond franchise. I have a quote here, Mason. It's from director Sam Mendes who says. In terms of what Nolan achieved, specifically The Dark Knight, the second movie, what it achieved, which is something exceptional. It was a game changer for everybody. Hmm, curious. What Nolan proved was that you can make a huge movie that is thrilling and entertaining and has a lot to say about the world we live in, even if, in the case of The Dark Knight, it's not even set in our world. That did help give me the confidence to take this movie in a direction that, without The Dark Knight, might not have been possible. Because I couldn't have done The Dark Knight. (laughs) There you go. So, no, I don't think any of that is a coincidence. But what a fun, fun man. What a fun villain. What do you think of him? I like him. I think he's weird, and I like him. <laughs> so you do like him, you don't like him. No, I like how weird he is. I like how weird the he is. The facial also, yeah. deformities, like everything about him, his little tics, the way that it upset everybody, that it implied that James Bond might be bisexual. I enjoyed that a lot. And I f- oh, Imagine if that happened now. I mean, I know people are upset then, uh-huh. but just like, James Bond, go to woke? Too woke, go broke. James Bond, feminism, you know? Yeah. Emotional. <laughs> anyway, uh, it just seems like he's James having... James Bond, more like James blokes. <laughs> Brackets, he's into them. <laughs> not on my watch. <laughs> not on my laser shooting watch. Absolutely not. Uh, but it just seems like he's having a lot of fun with it. I enjoy the idea that the whole inside of his head is just rotten to its core. Okay. It's probably a metaphor also. You know what I mean? It's good. It's good. It is good. You know what else is good, Mason? What's that? And I know you can't wait to talk about it. Uh-oh. Uh, is the car. The car situation. Okay. James Bond has his classic Aston Martin, mm-hmm. which, of course, he acquired in the movie Casanol Rallal in a previous movie. And That's now right. we get to see that car again, and it's the same car. We both think that. What do you think? It is a different car. I checked. What? Uh, this one's right-hand drive mm-hmm. for driving on the streets of London, England, United Kingdom. Yep. Uh, and the other one was left-hand drive. But it's curious, isn't it, that there are two examples of a silver 1964 Aston Martin. Mm. And he just happened to... What I, what I feel probably happened is that at the end, like in between uh, 
his last adventure mm. and this adventure. He's like, oh yeah, I won that. I won that Aston Martin from that guy. Yeah, in whatever Bahamas. And then he called up his <laughs> in whatever. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> I've killed a lot of people in a lot of places. And he called up his lawyer and he's like, hey, um, can I, can you can you can we get that car brought to mm. England? And the guy's like, you mean that that car that was owned by that that murderous mobster mm. that you won in a legal poker game and then you murdered him. <laughs> Can I get that to England for you? No, I can't get that to England for you. Also, technically, we own it because you used our money. Yeah. So it's not your car, idiot. So I guess the idea was, maybe he was just on the MI6 internet yeah. and he's like, boy, I really... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When picking a commerce platform for your business, you got two choices. Oh, this piece of mother or sales. I definitely prefer don't you? Because that's a sound you'll hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that's supercharging your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling your business's complexity no matter how big you grow. Step up to Shopify and harness the best converting checkout and the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. For example, Ruggable, NYX, Magnolia, Cotton, and so many more. Now you're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. The Shopify app store has the migration apps that you need to migrate your products, orders, customers, and more from every e-commerce platform to Shopify. And maybe you're one of those people who are like, hey, don't put me in a box. I don't want to be in this box, either metaphorically or for real. Thankfully, Shopify never will, because with Shopify, you can control your brand and business from your storefront look to your back office operations. You know what's really annoying when you're checking out from an online store and you have to put in all your payment details and all sorts of numbers and letters and whatnot? Well, with the Shopify store, they actually remember my shipping address or your shipping address if you were using yours, plus the payment information. So say if I'm on the couch and my wallet is in the kitchen, I didn't even have to get up, which is my favorite thing. Stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their business. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash weeklyplanet, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash weeklyplanet. Shopify.com slash weeklyplanet. Cha-ching sound effect. You've probably heard this, or maybe you've even experienced it. A business gets to a certain size, and then the cracks start to emerge. 
Things that used to take like a day are now taking a week. There's too many manual processes just grinding away and you don't have that one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,025, 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and a whole lot more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. 1. Because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. NetSuite allows you to have the power of all the information in one place to help you make more effective decisions as quickly as possible. So you can keep moving, keep building, keep growing, or have more time off. Whatever it is that you're looking to do. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash weeklyplanet. That's netsuite.com slash weeklyplanet to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash weeklyplanet. Wouldn't mind stealing one of these cars. What have they got? And then he found this, this other Aston Martin. Brings back gadgets. And it explodes and it returns again. This car has been in so many movies. It's the same car. It's incredible. It's incredible how it keeps coming back. But that, of course, brings us to the finale, which is referred to many as, uh, like, it's, it's Home Alone. They've just done Home Alone, mm-hmm. which I think is selling it short. Go Not on. Because Home Alone is also great, but I think this is, this is great in a different way, but not dissimilar from the movie Home Alone. You know, I, I enjoy... The fact that we get to see, like, Kincaid, who, by the way, was initially supposed to be Sean Connery. That's so obvious in a rewatch. Yeah, I know, right? Every, he's like, welcome to Scotland, and he's like, back in my day, we did things differently. We strangled people while dressed as a Japanese man, etc. <laughs> he's got all the, all the classic lines that he says. But, it, it, God, I understand that they didn't want to do it because it would have been distracting or stunt casting yeah. or whatever, but, man, it should have been Connery. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, agree. that's not even to say that he would have done it. No, well, that, that is also true. Um, I've just got a quote here. Yeah, so Sam Mendes thought that if you put him in it, it would take you completely out of the movie because it's like, well, that guy's Bond, but mm. Bond is also here. Did you also hear the rumour that they were at one point going to make it a, a, a MI6 former agent retirement facility and they were going to bring them all back? Oh, wow. Did you ever hear that story? That, see, that's too much. Yeah. The, I mean, that would also confirm the theory, you know? Yeah, I guess it would. In yeah. a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But man, I look honestly. You you might enjoy the the final Home Alone sequence, but I thought it was just missing a little something. It felt like mm. because we're, we're supposed to care about this Kincaid guy, yeah. And, uh, like Albert Finney, uh, the late great Albert Finney. Yeah. I think he did uh, did very well, but I think I don't. You brought him in as a new character that's supposed to be significant, but we've never seen him in anything else. We've never seen him in a flashback or anything mm. to sort of connect us with a character. But if you just made it Connery, remember the bit where he's like, "I love you, Judy Dench." Yes, you're great. Have this scarf as a token of my exactly. For you, yeah. He's like James Bond ran under the house like a wounded dog, and when he came back, he was the best man in the world. <laughs> what do you think of that? Pretty good, I guess. Yeah, good. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. No, I enjoy it. I think it's a. It's. I think it's the way that this movie, like, it starts. You know, like sleek, and you know, and it's you know the bit where they're they're fighting in the in the in the in the in the, in the high rise building it's or whatever. Neon, so modern. Yes. Yeah, and then the end, it's just like, look at this. 
piece of shit house. And even though it's very nice and, uh-huh. and, and, and it's very antiquated and whatever, but just mm. like everything's burning down and yeah, yeah. you fall into a lake and, you know, just Bond stuff. Just what? regular Bond stuff. Mm-hmm, sure. Mm. Anyway, what I think this movie does do very well, though, it gives Judy Dench her due in all of the movies she's been in. Her Judy Dench. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> she just gets a lot more to do. Do you? Do you? That's right. There's more dialogue than she's ever had. No, I don't have anything for that. <laughs> but I, I think it's terrific. And, you know, it's a, it's a nice send-off for that character, not just for these Craig ones, obviously, mm-hmm. the, the Brosnan ones, which yes. she was in prior. I think it's cool when she gets to fire a gun a little bit, I think, maybe. Or scurry around I'm firing a gun a little bit, she says. <laughs> That's what she says, yeah, exactly. Also, her husband dies in the, in the, in the movie. Like in between movies. She has a husband. In oh, like, yeah. In like a previous movie. And then she's like, that's my late husband used to say. Unless she was lying. She could have been. Mm. Just some, maybe it was just some dude she picked up at the bar. Nice. Exactly. Yeah, hell yeah. Mm. Also, I just want to say that uh, Injured Bond is is my favourite Bond. Like you can't just be judoing around the place. Mm-hmm. You're trying to do those wide grip pull-ups, which by the way, they're difficult. I can do a few. Don't worry about it. So then you get the moment where he's hanging from the elevator, uh-huh. which normally in an action sequence, it'd be like whatever. Mm-hmm. But here it's like, Oh, no, we couldn't even do all those wide grip chin-ups from earlier. And this is a very, very similar range of motion he'll need for this activity. Mm, yeah. And it also culminates And in- then when Silver <laughs> challenges him to a game of, you know, free word association, it's like, oh, no, he wasn't good at it earlier. <laughs> oh, no. He just said mean things about Judy Dench. <laughs> but, and, and then it also, that's Scott, that moment, you know, where he's where he's failing and he's not as strong or good as he used mm-hmm. to be, it culminates in him accidentally killing a man. Which, you know, he loves killing people, but he doesn't like doing it if it doesn't happen exactly how he would have wanted it to That's happen. That's true, yeah. You know what I mean? Because then he can't do a quip. He can't do a quip. Be like, I'm going to drop you, you son of a bitch. This is a Bondonanza. <laughs> this is a Bondonanza. <sighs> ah, I like it. It's a silly movie. And it's that's what I like about silly, it. Yeah. Because uh-huh. most of the Bond movies, they're very silly. They are very silly. Yeah. It's true. Anyway, it's time for License to Trivia. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. So a precursor to this movie. I don't know if you saw this. Would you say it's a License to Trivia Bond Nanza? <laughs> I would say that. Terrific. Um, we saw James Bond uh, escort the Queen to the 2020 Olympics. Oh, yeah, that's right. That? I do remember that, yeah. Now, I just want Did to they keep... both parashute out of a cargo plane yeah, or something? Yeah, or at least she did. But I have utter disdain for anything royal. Mm. I just think they're a pack of pointless, out-of-touch, inbred dimwits. So says I. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's fun. It's fun, right? Sure. Tons of fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why Why do they exist? Uh, my ancestors killed some people and we own this land and now I'm just in charge of some things. Can you give up some of your land? No. And also I own all the swans. Okay, I guess. That's weird. <laughs> and the corgis. And the corgis. I don't know. Pointless. Some of them don't sweat. I don't know if you're aware of that. Oh, that's right. Some of them don't sweat. The pedophile one doesn't sweat. Allegedly. He doesn't sweat. He is a pedophile. <laughs> Allegedly. Some of this is coming out. Some of all of this is being removed. Uh, so also 85 suits were made. Bond would love to do that. Not sweat. Not the pedophile thing. <laughs> Probably. So I know you'd love this. 85 suits were made for the opening chase alone. Because 85 of them bloody ripped down the middle because they're too skinny little skinny little suits. <laughs> they're ridiculous. This is the one. This this hits peak ridiculous little skinny suit. Yeah. So, Which is odd, James, because 
suit supply Tom Ford is not known for his skinny suits. What's he known for? Big suits, big lapels, big, big time, big wide boxy suits. No, big like a like a nineteen seventies sort of sort of like a big with a with a lot of lot of lot of drama. Big bell bottom trousers. You'd, you'd, you'd think, James, upon watching this movie, that the suits were supplied by Tom Brown, a different fashion designer. I did think that provides a skinnier suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And little drain pipe trousers. But no, no. Oh, Can't well, that's that's nuts. Feel like me. it's an inside joke. Sometimes when I think about it, like he's like, everybody will think this is Tom Brown, but it's actually me, Tom Ford. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Brown's like, ooh. <laughs> uh, but it's little things like there's longer sleeves for when he's riding the bike. So they yeah. don't like pull up awkwardly. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And you see his little wrists. Well, have we talked about that on this particular video series? Which is that? What is that? The, the hero suits. His hero, Maybe not specifically. His hero yeah. clothing. That in, mm. in these movies, so I, would, I would suggest probably this one, Inspector, yeah. he has two sets of wardrobe. He has uh, his hero wardrobe mm. for when he's just standing, yeah. which is a size smaller than his regular wardrobe. Uh, it's for when he is doing dramatic poses yeah. against against a, a burning uh, old house or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but they're so small that he can't move in them. Mm. So he has to have a second set of identical clothing that is a size bigger that he can actually do do big jumps and big kicks. He could kicks do a in. jog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could slide down one of those barriers in the London Underground. Yes, exactly. Mm. Remember that bit where that train came in? He goes, your bloody train's here, mate. Here it comes. And Bond's like, fuck, this is a massive coincidence. <laughs> sure, yeah. He's absolutely got the timing right here. <laughs> like, I mean, statistically speaking, maybe he would have already been gone or I would be late or, yeah. you know... Very the train odd. would be late. Yeah, did he wait here can't, for me? Can't trust the London Underground. You know what I mean? It's a pretty, it's a pretty solid service. I mean, I've lived there for a bit. People complain about it, but compared to a lot of systems around the world, including Australia's own, it's quite good. Is that exact dialogue from the movie? Yes, that's right. Um, Kevin Spacey was offered the role of Raul Silver, but mm-hmm. had to turn it down due to scheduling conflicts. Good, good. It's <laughs> good. I that's think. lucky and good. Good stuff. Yeah. So, are you familiar with Daniel Craig's puffy hands in a certain scene of this movie? No, I don't think so. Okay, here we go. You know the bit where he goes to the the casino? Yes. With the chip mm-hmm. that paid the assassin with? Yes. Because he didn't want to give him money. Mm-hmm. And it's part of Ralph Silver's plan to, to run into a hearing and shoot him. Yes. Like, it's part. It's, a, it's one cog. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, and, and this is, you know, because obviously he wants, he wants Bond to nearly be killed by those thugs, mm. but then the thugs to be killed those, by those Komodo dragons. Yes, exactly. Mm. Uh, well, Daniel Craig actually bought gloves in his own time and presumably his own money <laughs> Whoa. to use in that entire sequence. But the problem is... Human looking like, like human skin no, looking like gloves? Like black leather gloves, okay. right? But the, but the problem is this movie introduced a weapon that is coded to his palm. That's right. And that is also integral to that scene because a bad guy picks it up and goes to shoot him and can't. So instead of reshooting the scene, which they couldn't do due to time constraints and money... They had to like CGI digitally repaint his hands human flesh color. His gloved hands. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Just because Daniel Craig loves gloves. Why did they not pick that up at any point during filming? That's wild. Yeah, filming's hard. I guess Hollywood. Just Hollywood. Pine yeah. wood. Exactly. Amazing. Did you know about the big controversy? Because he would know. Yeah. Because he would be. He had the, the script. He had the script. He would know that the gun only works if the. Maybe but he, he didn't insisted on wearing the gloves. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I agree. I've got to go back and watch out for those puffy hands. It's not that noticeable. And it Why also was mi- he wearing gloves? Was it cold? Don't know. But also might not even be true. <laughs> but have you seen these puffy hands? Yeah, they're pretty puffy. Okay. But sure. I, don't, I don't know what his normal hands look like. So, you know, it's I'm true, not yeah. tracking them scene to scene. Yeah. Have you heard about the big controversy though, Mason? Oh, I cannot wait to hear about it. It's not that big a controversy. But uh, $45 million US was accepted 
by from Heineken to promote that brand in this movie and also outside of it. Um, they even did that terrible ad. Do you remember the bit where he's on the boat and you probably yeah, vaguely let's I mean, put, let's let's show a clip. Yeah, Ben and Lawrence will put it in. We're Looks doing this great. for free, Heineken. That's right. We'll take forty five million though. I don't want any Heineken. It's not a great beer, but I want the money. Okay, just to great. clarify. Yeah. Terrific. But people complain because it's not very Bond-like mm. that he drinks such American swill, mate. Sure. If it even is an American brand yeah. at this point. Uh, he drink a warm pint down at his local. Of piss. Of piss. <laughs> of human piss. <laughs> Producer Michael G. Wilson and Daniel Craig were like, these movies are expensive and just get over it, which I think is true. It's just like it's product placement. They're in all of these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just get over yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, if, if there's one franchise that you probably shouldn't be surprised they used product placement and it is the Bond movie. Exactly. Uh, and Daniel Craig told Rolling Stone magazine that he wanted this to be his third and final James Bond movie, saying, I've been trying to get out of this. I've been trying to get out of this from the very moment I got into it, but they won't let me go. <laughs> Actual quote, real wow. quote. So there you go. So was he signed on for three or more? I've no idea. I oh. guess I don't know. But then they trapped him with money. Yeah, Heineken money, probably all the free Heineken he could drink. Ugh. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Most beers not great, and this is one of those. Anyways, let's talk box office, Mason. Okay. Again, Skyfall became the biggest Bond movie of all time, and still is. At $1.1 billion of a return. That's a lot of money. I agree. Off a $200 million budget. So, you know, I think that's what they were going for with Spectre, uh, which we will talk about next week. But that didn't make quite as much money and is a worse movie. <laughs> Maybe those two things are related. I don't, I don't know. know. We'll talk Possibly about it. Say. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, we will be back next week to talk about James Bond Spectre. And I'm very excited to revisit this movie I didn't like when I saw it in cinemas. Are you? Yeah, kind of. It's got a fun opening sequence. It I does. Think. That's true. Set in the the, the 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 Day of the Dead uh, celebration. Yeah, good good fun. I love. Oh, I was gonna. You know what? I'm gonna save it for next week. Okay, great. But if you do want to see that early, and you can, Mason. Yep. First of all, you can be in the room when they're recorded. But that's only for Mason. That's true. But for everybody else, if you got a, or if you want to sponsor us, that's true. You got you got a forty five million dollars burning hole in you your pocket. You can sit in the you room. You can sit in on one episode <laughs> of this. <laughs> uh, but also, you can head over to Big Sandwich where if you do sign up, these go up a day early. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ben gets the edit done, and they they fly up there in real time. Whoa. Uh, we also have bonus podcasts. We do movie commentaries. Our podcast, The Weekly Planet, where we talk movies and comics and TV shows, that comes out a day early there, if you if you are so inclined. But let's leave, Mason. What do you uh, think of Skyfall, though, everyone? Pretty, pretty, pretty all right. I'm so asking everyone. I know what you You already had your opinions. I didn't get to my big opinion. What's your big opinion? It was okay. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I enjoyed, I very much enjoyed Ben Whishaw in the role of Q. I thought it was a good Q. I mean, yeah. they've, they've, you know, they, they turned that character around. Yep. Played it against type a little bit. Mm. Also, he's the voice of Paddington. Yes, he is. Yeah. He replaced Colin Firth. Huh. Which is, a, who's a delightful man, but... That doesn't feel right, does it? No. He's an adult man. He's an adult. Ben Wishaw's a little boy. Yeah. A little bear boy. Yeah. He's like 40-something, but yeah, he is. (laughs) All right. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, Grab that gem, guys. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Goodbye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.